Um, just going to put a quick trigger warning in here. We are dealing with some topics that could potentially uh, stir up some emotions if you have experienced things like this. So if you do feel like things such as sexual assault uh, or rape or violence against women is triggering for you, uh, we suggest that you either listen to this with someone or you don't listen to this at all. Um, but yeah, please do uh, be around trusted company, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but yeah, be blessed. Um, yeah, we love you. Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. Um, this is the second part to last, like the last one that the came out. The first part. Yeah, it's it the second part to the first part. Um, welcome. I hope you're well. Uh, today we have Lauren Banham. Say hello again. Back in, back again. Back again. Okay, do, do I count, right, this is my question, do I count as being on five podcasts now because we did the last one twice? So can I be five podcasts, Lauren, or am I only four podcasts, I Lauren? I think we have to go to the trustees with that. Okay, get back to me. <laughs> I think it's only four, really, isn't it? But I've done five. Yeah, but one of them was a repeat of another one. Still just as valid. Anyway. Okay. If you need it to be five, it could be five. Lee, drop, drop us a message. Do you think it's four or five Let podcasts? Let us know in the comments section of this. Um, our second <laughs> guest today, well, our regular, our favourite, Mike Palin, say something. I am the prunes of this project. I am regular. Yeah, regular. man. <laughs> you are anything but regular, Mike. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm loving, I'm loving being a guest here in my own office. Mm. And there's also me, Alex Stoney. The man, the myth, the legend. The intern, intern extraordinaire. The intern extraordinaire. If you could change the name intern to something else, what would you call it? General cool guy. That would be my, <laughs> that that would be my job title. too quick. Almost like you thought about that I before. Thought about She's got this. the badges made up already. <laughs> Ready to go. I'd just like to a little bit of a sort of a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. uh, Lauren Bannon's got a chubby chub lolly. lolly. Oh, I can put it away. You didn't no, have you to say to, that. You didn't have to call me out, out like thing. that. The 267 podcast. I was trying to be really... channel. <laughs> yeah, we're now sponsoring. I was trying to be really quiet I with it. I said chubby chub sponsorship. I'd get on that train. Because chubby chub is okay. no downside. Okay, we've veered a bit off topic here. Ben. Put us back on the road. So we're missing Ellie. Mm. Lovely yeah. Ellie Catlin. Um, sadly, Ellie got stuck in her hairdressers. <laughs> and no, she is. We're recording in half term, and Ellie's hanging out with beautiful Co. So uh, she can't be with us, which is a shame because uh, she is a smart, wise cookie. So we're missing Ellie. Um, but I thought to sort of ease us in because we are talking about a weighty topic, and I don't want to trivialise it, but we need to grease our brains a little bit and get chatting uh, I was thinking about how much chocolate you ate on Sunday so I I uh, gave up biscuits and crisps for Lent wow. which wasn't as hard as I thought and was really thankful I've done it haven't eaten any biscuits since then but I've had quite a few crisps which mm. is a bit of a bad one but I'm still loving a cabbage cream egg in one lovely is yeah. that sensation of it breaking inside your mouth this has gone is a bit ASMR again, <laughs> uh, and the other thing in our house is those galaxy ones that the are enchanted, the enchanted eggs. ones. So good. They're covered in gold or something like that. Yeah. It's just uh, amazing. Yeah. Two, two more. They're like Pringles. You eat one and you go, I don't need it. Oh, oh no, oh, I, no more. I do. Yeah. I'll tell you what I had. What'd My dad and Sabine. Ian. Shout out. Um, they surprised me with an M&S vegan Easter aubergine. Mm. <laughs> I saw. It's, an, it's beautiful. It's an aubergine-shaped Easter 
treat. I'm not going to say egg because it isn't an egg. And mm. it's vegan chocolate. It was absolutely stunning. Is vegan chocolate as disgusting as I imagine it to be? No, it tastes exactly the same as normal. Does it though? Absolutely. We're going to have that competition. We're going to have a, a chocolate taste off. I think I could 100% smash that. Yeah, we'll find it. Well, the vegan thing will be the one that tastes like cardboard. No, any and kind of chocolate will be the one that tastes like chocolate. Well, well, I meant like different types of chocolate. Let's do that then. Okay. I've got another game as well. <laughs> Next episode we... of the podcast, can well, Lauren Bannon? I wanted, go, I wanted a game of Spoonful Of. Mm-hmm. Is that you have five yeah. boxes and it's got a jar of something in it and you, have, you don't know what's in it. You pick a jar and you have to have a spoonful of whatever's in the jar. Okay, we'll do that for next video. So, so what we started <laughs> off with was not to make this a trivial episode, <laughs> but and now we're on. We wanted to catch up because we've not seen each other yeah. before. So Alex, so last time we recorded part one, we we had our working title, which seems to have gone quite well, of women's voices, men's behaviour. And it's been quite good because I've had some conversations with people just about that title, which yeah. has been really mm-hmm. helpful. Because uh, we're talking about the whole um, conversation about um, violence against women, particularly to do with the sort of Sarah Everard um, sort of story. Uh, and we had a really good conversation last time with Ellie where we, we were really just sort of unpacking what are the issues... What things we want to talk about, and you know, it was it was great for me to sit in the presence of you three women and just hear just what it's like to have to do life mm. as a woman. Which, and I was just appalled at times, and I was just shocked, and I was like, that can't be the way we do things. And so this week's podcast, we're trying to say. Actually, what can we learn? What can we, what can we do different? Particularly, we try. We were trying to narrow a few areas, weren't we? So we were talking about how do we talk to, how do we help youth groups, so peers, girls and boys, to be, work better together. Particularly mm-hmm. boys. How do we get boys in youth groups and everywhere, but particularly in youth groups, to behave better? Mm. Um, how do we encourage dads to bring up their sons? You know, because for for. Ellie and I, that's something obviously we're, we're working through. And then the other thing was actually youth leaders. How do we yeah. lead so that we are, you know, fully inclusive and stuff like that? Um, but I wanted a question to start with because I need you to help me with this. Okay. To help, this might be another icebreaker, but I don't know. So the, the name feminist, mm-hmm. I think in my brain, I, I definitely don't know exactly what that means. What is the stereotype in your brain? Well, I think the problem is, is that can a bloke be a feminist? My default, because I've been shaped awfully by the world, mm. is that I can't be a feminist. If someone said to you, Mike, are you a feminist, what would you say? Well, I'd probably like to think I was, but yeah. I don't know whether I'm allowed to be. I think you're a feminist. So my my thing is that in 2021, we have all of these associations with the word feminist. We have this idea that it's, you know, feminism has become, you know, this, this ideology that idolises female power which is good but also i think for men that can seem something that is intimidating um and perhaps kind of off-putting so i would say that you are a feminist if you believe in fighting for equal rights for all sexes and i i think for me you know when we look at the situation that this world is in we all need to be feminists and i think that if you are put off by the word feminist then first of all, you need to think, why am I put off by the word yeah. feminist? Is it because I don't want to associate myself with femininity or with kind of 
associating myself with the problem of sexism or is it because I don't know what that is? And I think both of those problems are reasonably fixable. Mm. And if it is the word that you're put off by, then so what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, don't think, I think for me it was just, again, like a lot of these conversations, yeah. I'm woefully uneducated and I'm just really thankful for... Maybe this is God just is God's great sense of humour, but also God trying to help our ministry to be fully inclusive of everyone is that God surrounded me with people that can help me understand that. So if I got a t-shirt, just a t-shirt, which just said I am a feminist on it, mm-hmm. and wore that out and about. I think what I struggle with is the fact that people think that being a feminist is one thing, but just as someone can uh, vote for the Conservative Party or someone can vote for the Labour Party, um, there are so many different schools of thought just under that one umbrella. So like, the way that I'm a feminist might be completely different to the way that Mm. Lauren might be a feminist, even though we're from very similar walks of life. Mm -hmm. Our experiences shape how we view um, feminism as a whole. So if you wore a t-shirt out, saying I'm a feminist. I have about a gajillion I can lend you one. Yeah. Well <laughs> I quite like to as a bit of a social experiment really, just yeah. to be able to say actually what conversations would happen. Because I'm worried that the the idea of feminist for some people is that you speak out for solely women's issues at the detriment of everybody else's. You know, was, the the, the yeah. idea that actually uh, you know the whole problem that we've come to is that we need to say that women are better and men are pathetic and stuff like that. And that, that yeah. idea is, is equally as unhelpful, isn't it, as well? The problem is that you've not had this voice and so we do need to speak louder because I, I think one know. one part of the sexist narrative that we find in our society is a way in which we silence women by saying by seeing the word feminist and we immediately think of the extreme we think of people yeah. who yeah. put and, and that is a way that in which we kind of ignore the movement and we go they're just doing this and we distance ourselves from it psychologically we're saying this is something I don't want to be a part of because we're viewing it as the 1% of people. Whereas, you know, we know from the statistics that we've seen recently that it is 97% of people, of women that have experienced sexual harassment. We know that this issue is affecting all women in all walks of life. And so why is it that when we hear the word feminist, we're Mm. only thinking of that small group of people who are taking it in a different direction? And I think that for me, being a feminist is about being a part of a movement that unites people and that doesn't divide mm. them. It's about being part of a movement that fights for equality and that fights against the oppression of women. So I think that if for a man to stand up and say, I am a feminist, isn't him saying, I am for women being above men. It's a man standing up and saying, I'm here to say no to the oppression of women. I'm here to say no to the violence that women face. And I'm here to stand up and fight for this that I believe in. Mm. I'm 100% behind that. Yeah. I've got no, that's, I want, I want that. Yeah. I'm so proud to be a feminist, honestly. Absolutely. I want to be proud to be a feminist. Good. You should be proud to be a feminist. I'm literally going to get the t-shirt printed. I genuinely mean that. But what, what I want to talk about, just to maybe start us way in, in terms of behaviour, mm-hmm. since we last recorded, and this is something that probably you two are much more aware of, the <laughs> school website reporting of, assaults the everyone's invited everyone's and there was something like 10,000 allegations on it mm. came out and it, this was just after last week and so that is at your peer group level isn't it so we're not talking about men or dads here we're talking about so how do we 
so if I think of my youth group, mm -hmm. so say I'm a youth worker and I've got 15, dozen 15 kids, you know, churches, you know, whatever you think about statistics, you're more likely to have girls in your church youth group. So say you've got five, five guys and 10 girls in your youth group. Mm -hmm. How are you going to help them? not feel like they've won the lottery because it's <laughs> double the amount. But how do you help them? Because the the culture is so against them behaving the way we want them to behave because culture says to boys, you've got to be a bit of a geezer. Mm -hmm. you, women are a commodity. Mm -hmm. You've got to have that chat. And even in Christian circles, it's, it's as, I would say it's as bad. Mm -hmm. So how do I... So if Alex, you were or Alex on, you were sitting down. You had twenty youth workers in the room, mm -hmm. mixture of female and male youth workers, and you had them for an hour, and you could help them journey with their boys particularly better. What are you going to do? I think the first thing I'm doing is reminding them that as youth workers, children's workers, volunteers, you. Whether you know it or not, you're actually setting an example mm. for these people. And um, they might have all the talk. They might seem like they're doing their own thing, but they do look up to you. Um, and you're setting an example. Um, I think the best, um, what I've experienced from Christian circles particularly, is that we've got this gift that God has given us to be able to change atmospheres mm. and change culture and... I really, really strongly believe that um, God has blessed each one of us with an ability to change what is going on. Mm. So, like, you may be in a, in a culture or society that is patriarchal, and I'm not saying that one person is going to destroy the patriarchy, because <laughs> that is definitely not going to happen. But I'm saying that um, the way that we conduct our behaviour as leaders and as examples to younger people is vital in how yeah. they're now growing up and interacting with other people. So, yeah, I think it's especially male leaders. Um, I think for younger boys, that dynamic is critical in actually teaching them. If they look up, if they look up to a male leader and see bravado and mm. see um, a facade almost, mm -hmm they're more likely to put that on because yeah, that's what they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's about being the example, but doing that through being vocal because by not speaking about these issues, we're essentially giving them power yeah. within our youth groups, within our environments. We're letting them grow and we're letting it go unchallenged. So I think that it's really important, particularly like Alex said, for male youth workers or for for the guys in your youth group to see an environment in which this behaviour is called out, in which it's talked about, in which there isn't shame surrounding mm, it as a absolutely. topic. Because if a guy is in an environment where he sees, or equally if girls are in an environment where they see these issues, the issue of sexism, the issue of gender inequality, all of these issues, if they're seeing them spoken about, if they're having a chance to dive into these issues, but also to be set examples of people who are saying, this isn't good enough, we want to make this change, then that's where that's where the difference is made. Mm. That's how you have an impact, is by calling out 
the behaviour and by letting it be be talked about and be seen. It's really interesting that you say that, Lorna. It's it's almost not about finding an answer mm. or solving the problem. It's about being bold enough to even have a conversation yeah. about it. Because I've we've we've talked about before that the I think the church's biggest struggle has been we've never talked about money, death, and sex mm. openly enough. So therefore, we see lots of problems with shame associated with debt. People not being able to deal with grief yeah. because they feel it's a weakness to say that I'm in bits. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about sex because either A, we're too scared of everyone's different opinions or we just we just want to sort of keep it hidden. Yeah. Whereas actually I think the more you give permission to the conversation to happen, Absolutely. it isn't about saying let's have this conversation so we can get a nice, nice neat, tight bow <laughs> yeah. and solve it. It's about saying, no, we need to talk about this wherever it's going to go. So a couple of years ago on the house party, yeah. we had our sort of what we joked about the... Stagnite rules conversation. We said we're going to have this conversation. We're not going to talk about it afterwards. Mm. We're just going to have an hour and a half where we're going to just talk about the really hard things that maybe church and youth group don't always get the chance to talk about. Yeah. And so when, like Lon says, when you talk about this with boys, I would have thought a lot of the boys would probably be going, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Because they're, they're almost programmed to say, well, that is just the way boys are, and it's yeah. just not good enough. No. So you're right to even have a conversation, or a few conversations, like us, to have this progression. Actually, let's talk about it first and see what the situation is. Then let's talk about it and say, actually, if I'm going to take away one learning from this, Absolutely. and then actually how am I going to keep on growing in this? Because, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think these issues are messy. Yeah. And so... It's so easy for us to make excuses not to talk about them mm. and go, oh, well, my youth groups, they're quite young or, you know, they're not, we're not always the best at talking about these controversial things. But these issues are of the world we live yeah. in. And if your youth group is living in that world, then you should be able to talk about these issues and not expect it to be the perfect conversation, not expect everyone no. to be completely comfortable with it because, yeah, things will be uncomfortable. Yeah. But that doesn't give us a reason to shy away from it. I hope it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Quite well, it's, it Absolutely. Is I, I don't think... I, I'd be concerned for the conversation and then the action afterwards mm. if it was an easy conversation. Yeah. Because it's not easy to experience this as a woman. No. So why should it be an easy fix almost? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written down a few things that like I would say to leaders... Can I just go back one? Yeah. I think the talking about it is really key because we say, oh, let's not do it now. If you don't talk about it when they're 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. it's actually too late then. Exactly. Yeah. Because if I think of everything I know about obviously seeing my son grow up, a lot of the things that are shaping his view are happening over this next few years. Mm-hmm. If I say I'm going to wait till he's 40, 50 to talk about girls, yeah. I am stuffed because he has learned everything yeah. from either his mates or the internet or whatever. Mm. And that is where the problem comes because you can't unlearn yeah. stuff that then becomes so ingrained in what you're doing, isn't it? But it's, it's, so. So, it's so important to acknowledge that we are all part of the problem. Yeah. And that's, I think, a huge thing which holds so much power. And this is also particularly, like, I've been reading about this when it comes to race, in terms of the phrase white fragility, which is about how white people are inherently um, white, or we, we inherently do not want to talk about race, we don't want to talk about the conversation surrounding white privilege. It's the same thing when it comes to this issue. Men are not going to want to talk about these issues if they're be feeling attacked or they're feeling like they are part of the problem but it's okay to see that you are part of the problem because that's how we make change and it's okay for us to talk to our boys and talk to the younger the younger ones in our youth group because that's how we shape 
you know, the young minds of the yeah, future. Yeah, And they're so impressionable. Like, yeah. I, I see the, the, the kids and young people that we're working with, and, like, they'll remember stuff that I've completely yeah. forgotten. <laughs> they're impressionable. So In an yeah. amazing way. And that's a fantastic thing, which I think God has given us the ability to... It's, it's a beautiful thing, but it has to be not taken lightly, and we can't just kind of bury our heads in the sand, if as it were. Mm. And the most powerful thing is you take 11, 12-year-old boys and then you have 18, 19-year-old guys mm. that are really living it well. Yeah. These 11, 12-year-olds are looking at them like these guys are gods. Yeah. And so actually, it, it's important that you start young, but also it's important saying actually that the role model that you are as an 18-year-old Christian guy, like you said, people will yeah. watch you and, mm-hmm. and, and follow you, is, is so powerful. So we've got to say, it's not that you know, you can forget about it now because you're an adult. It's actually no, you can have a real significant influence on on the the guys that are coming up in your church, in your youth groups, your mates, little brothers and sisters, you know, it's really important. Because I remember as a kid looking up to the teenagers thinking, I just want to be like them. Yeah. You know, I thought my life was rubbish when I was that age. I felt like but I looked at that I thought actually it looks like it could be alright because yeah. you're gonna be there and that, they look like they're living their best life. Yeah. And so actually there's a great power in that, isn't it? To be able to role model that yeah. and say to those guys, you are a role model. How do we use that voice? How do we have that conversation? So I can imagine, you know, getting a bunch of 18-year-old guys in a room with a bunch of 12-year-old guys. That would be so powerful. And then just, yeah. and then just talking about these hard things. So doing all the appropriate things, like saying to parents, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. But have all these guys, all these 12, 13-year-olds going, I've no, I, I have no idea I could talk yeah. about that. Yes, you can talk about it. It's really important you talk about yeah. it. And it, like you said, it will be messy. There won't be a solution, but the power of just even having yeah. a conversation will be amazing. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. I, I, I went right at the light. <laughs> I started a list uh, about you? things that I would. You love tell. a list. I love a list. Have you got a dry whiteboard? No, I don't. I do. I love it. But these are the things that I would tell a youth worker. Because uh, okay. I know that our demographic of yeah. this podcast. I don't know whether it's all youth workers. I don't think it is, but I think it'd be handy. It's um, a handy toy. Go on, yeah. fire off. Evaluate performance fairly. Oh my word. I'll unpack that one for me. I think that when, especially in youth groups, mm. you'll do things that have results. Um, I just think take away your, like work on your unconscious bias. Yeah. And I've mm. had to do this a lot because yeah. I recently read a book um, called Me and White Supremacy. Yes. Uh, which is really good. Recommend that. Um, but it's basically working on internalised racism. Uh, but this is not only, like, what we talk about isn't only um, a sex and gender-based issue, but it's a race issue, mm. it's a class issue. So we need to consciously work on undoing what society mm-hmm. has conditioned us into thinking. And how does that relate to your performance base? Because I'm with you, but... Um, so when I think about evaluating performance mm. fairly, it's being being prepared to step back from unconscious bias, and I know that sounds so it sounds easy, but it's not. Mm. Uh, and there there are things that I've said recently, and had to step back from it because I'm like yeah. that is such internalized misogyny right there. Yep. Like that is so woman hating, <laughs> and I haven't even realized it. Yeah, and that's coming from a woman. So. As I say these things, I'm not perfect. I don't None think of us any of us are. are. But yeah. But um, offer equal access. Don't yeah. favor. Don't favor your own gender. 
We were talking about this earlier because... Well, I think it's really hard, yeah. In, in Christian circles, you know, we have this kind of rule, which I think is really helpful in, in, in lots of situations where you have women praying for women and men praying for men. And I think, obviously, with strangers, when you're at a conference, you don't know someone's story, you don't know their triggers, you don't know their history, and so that's obviously completely understandable but then there's a danger that we bring that into our everyday spheres we bring that into our churches we bring that into our youth groups we bring that into our lives and we become afraid to speak into or to minister to people of the opposite gender and that's as as a woman with perhaps a male youth worker that's not fair on that young girl that perhaps you should be afraid to minister to her because you've been taught to kind of stay away in a sense so I think it's really important that, yeah, of course, take the appropriate measures to make sure that everyone in that situation is comfortable, but don't be afraid to um, to, to be in the lives of everyone in some Absolutely. way. You're 100 right. Because we, we know that very, I don't think any church will employ a male and female youth worker. Mm. You might occasionally hit the lottery where you employ a youth worker that's married Yeah. and you get a bit of the other person. Yeah. But most churches, if they're... If they're doing youth work and they've got employed someone, they've got mm. someone as a guy or girl, and rightly or wrongly, you will always have a a strength. So mm. if you're a guy youth worker, you probably will find it much more easier to invest in a bunch of guys. Same as if you're a girl, you'll find it much more easier, just because of, I think the way we yeah, I mean, understand I've known each it other. to be the other way. I've known it for for there to be male youth workers who, who have struggled with the guys in the youth group yeah, yeah. but I think that we have to try as much as possible to again call out the unconscious biases and call out our narrative of kind of sticking to one or the other yeah, yeah. because it's so important that we give everyone equal access and that's why it's a whole church thing isn't yeah. it so if I'm a guy youth worker at a church I've got to just work my butt off yeah. to find a girl that can equally pour because I've talked to two youth workers in this last couple of weeks mm. where they've been doing amazing work mm. with uh, the the girls and they're a girl mm. youth worker and the boys have been left behind because no yeah. one's invested in them and, and they're sort of hungry and the same is the opposite true so if I'm a guy youth worker as soon as I get into a role I would go actually where is if I'm so I'm single mm. where is the women that I can say I want you to be in charge of mentoring I want you to come and help with the youth mm. group so that actually but there is this I'm come back to your point yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so there is this equal balance of the the one to one the mentoring yeah. the tone but also you can speak into each yeah, other's leading because i am with lauren is yeah. it's it is so important that i invest in girls and i listen to girls as a youth worker but it is also there is hazards attached to that yeah. so therefore you need that security and that support around you so that yeah it doesn't ever get carried away yeah i mean um, if, if you taken one look at me and gone she's a girl I'm not I'm not dealing with her exactly, then I would yeah. be in a completely different place than I am and now and that's really unfair isn't it yeah because we need we need the voice yeah. of men and women in our lives absolutely all of us so boys need men and women voice girls need men and women and we just we need all... voices absolutely I think there's a there's there's a moment where we have to take a step back and go yes yes the patriarchy <laughs> is in every sphere of our lives we you know that that's what we're kind of I guess talking about but but also you are an amazing youth worker I am a young person and I want your wisdom and your knowledge and your guidance in my life and that in some cases has nothing to do with our genders so yeah mm. although oh, just, to, just to go on throw it stick the knife in yeah good lady good lady I'm, coming in I'm a big old fan of 
female-only spaces. And, oh, yeah. Like, I'm a big okay, advocate yeah, yeah. for that. Well, let's talk about because we talked about swimming pool. Uh, no, we talked gyms. about gyms, didn't we? Swimming um, pools, absolutely. Because I, I was in awe of uh, there's a gym, a swimming pool near us that are doing the... Um, this is why I'm going to sound really inappropriate, but... Um, so, um, uh, Muslim women can swim. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so they were closing off a couple of hours, so they... Oh, that's amazing. Tried, and it was, I just thought, how great is that? Because yeah. that's really... Inclusive. It really includes so many points. So actually, we could carve out two that's hours amazing, a week. amazing, yeah. And so actually, you know, what does it mean for a girl to be able to go to the gym without being worried? I think even taking away, like, public spaces, I think... Um, what do you mean? Like, that. if we if we step away from, like, places yeah. like gyms and swimming pools and all that sort of stuff... Do you think there are other spaces you need to Absolutely. do that? Oh, yeah. The reason that women... Or, or the reason that some women find it so difficult to understand women's oppression... Yeah. ...is because, unlike um, race and class, women women's lives and men's lives are so intertwined that we almost like are so familiar with the dynamic that we can't actually notice when um there is oppression and that's why you get other women looking at feminists and going oh you're making such a big deal because once you notice it you realize that it's everywhere um so what spaces are you wanting to i'm thinking well in a christian sphere yeah go on um i just like to see more spaces that are like this is actually just for girls to be yeah. here and to pray with each other and to, because I think not is, at the expense of the jaw gathering as an addition or no, as an course as an addition, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But I'd like, I would be a massive fan of just some some more space to be made for women to be together because yeah. what is so vital is that time when women sit together and say, "I understand your experience," yeah. and. What I find so damaging almost is when a man comes into that dynamic and says, that makes me uncomfortable. But me too. But I have issues too. Yeah. yeah. So for instance, when we talk about like periods yeah. and menstruation, I find it so... Oh no. I, I, know where, I think I know where this is going. I find Go it on. damaging yeah. when a man says, this makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because... Why, first of all? Yeah. But also... This is a women's issue, yeah. and I want to be able to bond with another woman and share our experience because that in itself is so healing yeah. for women, especially because generational oppression and generational mm. trauma is so real. Um, and I've experienced it that like what's happened to women before me has Gets impacted put onto my you. experience yeah, as a woman, and I do believe in that. I think that there is so much power in women being able to hear the stories of other women mm. and realizing that they've been through that too yeah. because because of the way in which our society deals with these issues so much of the time women's voices are silenced women's stories are shoved to the side in a way that means that we aren't able to hear stories of people who've been through similar things to us yeah. and that is almost to the extreme where we don't realise these things have happened to us. I know there have been so many times in my life where I've been really uncomfortable or I've been constantly reminded of, of, of a situation in my life that's happened and it won't be until I hear another woman mm. talking about her experience or her traumatising experience with that that I realise what I went through was traumatic. Mm. And I think it's so important that women have these spaces where they can 
feel comfortable talking about that and they can they can bond with each other over that without the without almost putting pressure on themselves to make it acceptable or to make it kind of like diluted enough for men to tolerate because we want men to be part of the solution we absolutely need men to be part of the solution but in order for that to happen we also have to be able to say we've been through this and it's Mm. okay for us to deal with that together Mm. before we kind of worry about how this will impact you it's not that we're kicking men out it's absolutely not like to, in order to process and in order to actually move on and solve the issue, we need yeah. to have that space. For sure. And we all know that that if we feel alone in something, when you find somebody else that you can that has been through something yeah. similar, even though it's not the same, it is quite freeing, isn't it, to have that space? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a spiritual concept. Mm-hmm. If you take someone that God, if you're having a difficult time, you say God took me through this. That then gives evidence to them that, that yeah. God does that, mm-hmm. so therefore you can hold on to God. Yeah. So if I say to God, look, I've lost my friend, I was grieving, mm-hmm. I just felt at the very bottom, and then they go through the same thing, they know that God will carry them yeah. through that. By sharing that voice, yeah. you're completely right. If a woman says, actually, yeah, that happened to me, that makes you feel like you're not on your own, you yeah. can get through it, there is a path, and you've got someone to walk through it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all need that, because there's so many times each of us think, we're a freak, this has only happened to me, there's something mm-hmm. wrong with me, and you need someone to come in. So I'm 100% with you on that. So to the men who are listening and going, they want female-only spaces, <sighs> what do I do with that? I think it's important <laughs> that you support that, and that you not maybe don't even support it if they mention it, but bring it up yourself. Don't yeah. be afraid that because other men might feel uncomfortable, like they might think, oh my goodness, they've, you know, they've taken you over to the dark side. Absolutely. That you... (laughs) That you can be... Be an ally to women in supporting that cause, in supporting what it is we need to to heal and to help each other. And there's a benefit to that, is that... This is going slightly right at the light of the topic. Mm -hmm. But guys having their own guy space Mm -hmm. can only be a benefit as well because sometimes when guys are in a room with girls, there's a certain bravado that's yeah, and, they'll put it on, yeah. and they put it on well it's actually you can be a bit more blunt with guys when it's just guys and say yeah. what are you talking about you idiot although you know, i think in those men only spaces i think from what i hear and from what i see is almost the cultivation of locker room talk right um yeah but we that's exactly why we need to start investing in in key people to be the that almost lighten that darkness. Yeah, I the bridge. But what about if you had a boys-only conversation about feminism? I, I think that would be quite interesting. I think it would be very, very interesting. Because I want to really pick up on sort of you and your peers. Mm-hmm. So you have all got guy friends mm-hmm. that behave appropriately or inappropriately, whatever you want to talk about. Actually, how do you have a conversation with them? Oh, I have guy friends who have been a huge, a huge part in my healing from from things that have happened to me but to other guys from other guys from other guys my i have guy friends that have truly changed the way i trust men that have i I have a father i have a brother and i have guy friends that i'm close to that have you know restored my faith in men in in lots of ways um give give an example just so that we can be so i think it's really good to so i think when i notice those things when i first came to the realization that I was struggling to acknowledge something that had happened in my life something traumatic to do with to do with the way a man treated me 
it was it was my immediate response i was in a situation where i was surrounded by a lot of my friends i pulled one of my friends to the side and said i'm really struggling with this and that happened to be a guy and the way in which he helped me through that he prayed with me he reassured me you know it made me feel like i was valid in that in in being upset with that and needing to go through that so i think the fact that i had a guy in my life who was willing to listen to me and willing to hear what I'd gone through and willing to help me through that in ways that in the way that I needed not just to go oh well this is what you should do Mm. or to have the classic male response of where is he I'll kill him you know Mm. (laughs) because that is something that I think we're obviously hyper aware of Mm. um yeah it's that is that was amazing for me and I want other women to have that experience and so I think the way that we do that is is we allow men to be a part of the conversation Mm. in ways which perhaps can at first be daunting (laughs) because one would hope there are guys that are good at this Mm. and so actually if they can initiate conversations that help both guys and girls that is a that is a space we want to encourage that you know church communities we should be we should be going first with this sort of stuff. We I mean, should be. I often say that my dad is one of my feminist role models. Yeah. My dad, who Excellent. is a vicar, uh, he's a par- he's a parish vicar. He is, you know, he's my father, and I he is an absolute feminist role model of mine. I remember I heard him speaking about International Women's Day when I was really young about fem- f- feminist issues, and and I was really, um, I, I was really what's the words? Um, Emotional. No, I was really like. Right inspired to to speak about things in that was what inspired me he is what inspired me in that situation to speak about things which might be uncomfortable and yeah i mean go richard bannum go richard bannum richard bannum Bannum. yeah so i i used my good friend google again Mm -hmm. things to do differently because we wanted some practical tips people like me i'm a little bit of a list person i also want to be told what to do sometimes nice. don't let that be known although i've just recorded that i'm not very good at being told what to do Listen, but if i'm if i'm needing you some, want instructions if i'm if i'm lacking knowledge somewhere uh-huh. i need quite clear yeah. what what do i do what do i do different so these are the ones i downloaded which was uh, a of sort of practical ways forward use your voice as allies fighters and feminists we talked about mm-hmm, a bit yeah. about that um keep your distance tell me about that one a little bit what do you mean by oh, it's the hand on the back. Are, so, for instance, what I've told some of my friends that are guys is that be aware of your position when you're walking near a woman. Your right. friends like so, I so women that you're better. not associated with at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're just, just out in public. Yeah. So yeah. I find it nicer if a guy stops walking behind me and crosses the road. Brilliant. I feel safer. Yeah. Um, also, for instance, cyclists that are okay. guys I'd like it if they made some noise to make me aware yeah. of their being there yeah, yeah. Uh, male runners okay. because I often find that if I'm walking uh, and I have like one earphone in maybe yep. I just need to take my earphones out but no you wear your earphones girl I will wear my earphones <laughs> so I've got one earphone in someone will run past yeah. and I won't know that they're there yeah. until they're right beside me so just them. say excuse me or yeah, on, yeah. Your, on your right or something and yeah. I think people will hear us asking for this and go, the audacity of women, you know, they want us to change everything. But but compared to She's what women go through, exactly, 
I think we that we have to be prepared to stand up and say this is what's going to make a difference to us mm-hmm. living our lives. Okay, the one that I would like, educate your sons, challenge yeah, your really friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be prepared to challenge. Um, call out, so out the behaviour. Call it out. I think what it's really I find cute. really interesting is in, for instance, even in church communities, I've seen this. Um, it's called the likability penalty, where wow. like, um, if a guy is successful. Um, it's praised, but if a girl is successful, it's sort of frowned upon and she's bossy yeah. and she's overbearing. Oh, I've well. seen this Challenge in churches those, so many times. Challenge those structures. Yeah. So I've read today about the word feisty. You never use the word feisty for boys. Yeah. Okay. But you use it for feisty girls oh, when they're being confident and strong. And I'm like... The phrase, oh, she likes the sound of her own voice. The amount of times I've heard that wow. used, like to for a woman who is articulate, she's... Smarter than you. She's, yeah, she's smarter <laughs> than you. Yeah. Oh, I had a teacher say that once about a politician, and I was fuming. I was like, "How can you say that? Because you would never say that about a male so, yeah. in the way that you did." You immediately heard her, and you went, "Oh, she likes the sound of her own voice." Mm. So, how do you appropriately challenge your friends? So, obviously, I'm mm. aware you don't want to be calling them out in front of everyone. Maybe, but there might be a place for that. But maybe that then causes the guy to react and. Yeah, they get, if he's they get got defensive. It's, they it's get the defensive. human response. So, how, so if it was your one of your good mates, mm-hmm. one of your guy friends, how would you call him out and challenge him? What, take me for a little bit of role play. Okay. Because I think if you want people listening, if I'm a guy listening, I think, oh yeah, I've done that. Can I call you out, Alex? Yes. Okay. What's Alex done then? What have you, what have you done, Alex? Go on, give me an example. Oh. What have you done? Uh, is this a role play? Yeah, yeah this, this is a role, role play. play. You're what the guy. I'll get my drama A level on. Yeah, oh, <laughs> drama, we've both got drama A level. Okay. Let's go. We, we've been oh, in you a two love the sound of your own voice. We do. <laughs> we, we've been in a mixed group, so yeah. boys and yeah. girls. I'm a boy, yeah. and I've just said, um, I've been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's the fat one. Lauren. <gasps> wow, I wasn't thinking you were going to go there. That's quite good. So... Do you remember earlier when we were having that conversation about the Kardashians? Oh yeah, I think I do remember that. So, when people describe a woman, first of all, based on her appearance, it tends to make me uncomfortable Mm. because it reminds me of the ways in which women are belittled to their appearances. So what I've done there is I've made it about me. (laughs) And I haven't gone, you're being sexist, you're being horrible. Mm -hmm. You say how it makes you feel. And then you say, I noticed that the instant reaction was to go to her appearance when trying to um, describe describe her or trying to kind of identify her. Mm -hmm. What else in that situation do you know about her and why did you feel the need to make that so you can ask questions and you can say what was it that prompted you to say that why was that something you wanted to bring into the conversation because quite often when when guys make these yeah. comments they don't realise oh no not absolutely. at all yeah. of it. and most of them would be like oh man sorry I really didn't yeah. like you said we're going back to the same thing again it's, it's indoctrination it's culture it's just the way yeah. we're shaped to fit in sometimes we say these things to fit in uh, stop touching women was on my list. That's that's right. That's what I thought you meant when you said keep your distance. The, the thing that I oh is when they men walk past you sort of in a bar or wherever, and she knows where I'm going with this, and they'll go excuse me, and they'll put the hand on the bottom of your back. Why was that necessary? Absolutely. Why was that necessary? So across the board, we're yeah. saying stop touching women. Occasionally, if it's like it's really crowded and I can't hear you, we're in a massive crowd. Tap my my shoulder. Yeah. That is way more appropriate. My elbow. Mike loves the elbow. He loves the elbow. I don't know why. Um, friend, what about close friends, people you know, and the stop touching women statement? 
again, well, we referenced this last yeah. last time. It's about boundaries yeah. and understanding. The consent. If we you have about, women in your yeah. life, be okay asking them. Yeah. Is it okay if I do this? Yeah. Like, I don't think you've ever, Mike. Um, I don't think you've ever come up to me and just hugged me. It's always been like, oh, can I have a hug or like, yeah. do you want a hug or something like that. And it's that. It's the question. It's the being able to step back for a second and evaluate yeah. before you do. Not yeah. the assumption. Yeah. 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 So I think that's where it gets dangerous. It's just the assumption. Oh, let me give her a hug. You know, sometimes I, I, I like a hug every now and then, but sometimes I feel like, do not touch me right now. I don't want to be touched. <laughs> and so I think yeah. that that can go for any person anywhere. Just ask. Yeah. Yeah. I think because we're coming into land now, I think the, the takeaway for me, but I'm just thinking of me as a youth worker, me as a dad, is I think... Lauren sort of kicked this one is this being bolder in having these conversations yeah rather than putting it off rather mm. than saying we'll wait till they're older rather than saying oh it's not a big deal is actually how do we create spaces whether it's just me and my son whether it's me and my youth group all together whether it's me and the couple of guys I'm mentoring and we're going mm. for a coffee how do I have those conversations in a way which is not weird mm. But that is really is is almost aggressive, in the sense of we need to have these conversations yeah. because the reason we're recording this podcast is because these conversations weren't had when I was a youngster. Mm -hmm. They weren't had when the twenty five year old students were youngsters. Mm -hmm. So actually, we want to say the big takeaway for me is if you are a dad, if you are a youth worker, if you're a church leader, find spaces to have conversations about the flipping hard stuff. Yes, you might mm -hmm. cock it up. Yes, it'll be messy. Yeah. Yes, you might not get right. We need to have the conversations. Yeah. That'd be my big takeaway. If you're a man, if you're a man, your your ability to call out your peers is so powerful yeah. and is so necessary. Because if we don't challenge this behaviour, we just keep going in we'll this cycle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Maybe as we're coming into land, um, Mike, you said something on the first part of this podcast that was like, I don't want to be here in four or five years time mm. with different women talking about the mm. same thing mm. i'm sick and tired of hearing lots about the issue and nothing being done mm. so as we come into land i think this has been great yeah i look at you and i'm inspired both of you yeah yeah amen keep chatting to us so we'd love your comments on this podcast but yeah. also we'd love your thoughts on how do we how do we practically move forward? I mean, we, we're we part of a youth work tribe where we can, in the next few months, we can gather together, we can have little training sessions, we can have youth group debates and conversations, we can get together and we can start talking about this. And mm -hmm. So get in touch, we'd love to orchestrate that and yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Good stuff. We love you, audience. We do. Uh, Thank you for listening. <laughs> take care, be blessed and have a great life. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>